You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you, you just, just want to ask your mom. mom. Hey, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sproles. And I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And today we are talking about military moms. A lot of us may not rub elbows with military personnel since uh, in 2020, those actively serving in the five branches of the military was less than 1%, 0.7%. Mm-hmm. Add to that, about 7% of our population who are veterans And that just means a relatively select portion of our citizens get what it means to serve and defend the majority of us. So this week's episode coincides with Veterans Day here in the U.S. So we have as our guests a couple of moms who are familiar with the military in different ways. Yeah, I thought it would be fun to have these two different perspectives. First is Tony Laubacher, whose husband Matt served in the U.S. Air Force for 21 years. He was enlisted for 11 and an officer for 10. Tony? Um, thanks for being here for one. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so say a little bit, if you would, about how long you've been married and how many kids you have and all that good stuff. Okay. Um, this year we'll be 33 years married. I have three girls, 26, Samantha, uh, Aaron is 24, and Jessica is 20. Um, and we got married when we were 19 and then went right off into the service. So okay. Immediately. Wow, nobody does that anymore. <laughs> We just young. did an episode, yep, the average age is 30. That's we so did. cool. I love that. So your husband retired in 2010 as a major, right? Yes. Major Lawbacher. So Tony is our military spouse, Correct. which is a really, really important role that a lot of times gets overlooked. But as you'll see, she has had as much active duty as her husband did. And then second, we have with us my favorite, my sister, who served in the U.S. Air Force for 32 years. She had nine years active duty and 23 in the reserve. And she did space operations, cyber ops, nuclear ops, intelligence. And she was in a leadership role that touched on just about every Air Force mission that there was and retired in 2018 as a two-star general. Thanks for being with us, Karen. Oh, thanks for having me too. (laughs) So can you tell us about your husband and family? Um, Yeah, so I got married the first time uh, right out of college and went directly into the the Air Force through officer training school. And so we were a dual military married to military at that time. And um, unfortunately, we became a statistic. You may know that uh, military members have the highest divorce rate of any occupation. And if you're a female member of the military, actually, it's, it's an even higher rate. So yes, I was a statistic and that marriage did not last but we did have a a little girl Mm -hmm. she's 34 now um and then i got married after that to tim and we've been married going on 28 years Mm -hmm. and we had two kids and they are 26 and 24. awesome so okay i'm going to insert here too that as i've mentioned before i grew up in a military family my father and karen's as it happens uh was a lieutenant colonel in the air force and we like tony and karen's children are military brats so tell me, if you can, either one of you, why are they called military brats? Why are kids in the military called brats? Are they just that bad? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think it's an acronym. Yes. And it stands for, um, hmm, no, I don't remember what it stands for. Uh, it used to be, as I found out, um, goes back to before the American Revolution, when wives and kids were granted permission to go with their British military service member on an assignment, and they were called British Regiment Attached Traveler, B-R-A-T. But we like to call it Born Resilient and Tough, right? I like that one. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that seems to fit. Right, so the military brat motto is children of the world, blown to all corners of the world, we bloom anywhere. And that's why the official flower of the military child is the dandelion. I did not know cool. any of that. I didn't either. I didn't either until I read through <laughs> that. And you didn't either. And no, it's a funny thing, either. Karen really hates dandelions. <laughs> <laughs> so I was happy to point that out to her. Because Bonnie loves dandelions. <laughs> I do. I wish you all could see this interview because they're like twins sitting across from me right now. Sister vibe is very fun. Um, okay, well, let's start with Tony. And let's talk about your inauguration into military life. So what was your initial experience? 
did you marry and then he went into the military? Or? Yes. Because you so, were only 19. Yes. So he was actually in training when we I was planning the wedding and he he had a certain tech school and it almost didn't make it home for the wedding. So that was kind of stressful. But then <laughs> we got married and then um, a month later we were off to England. So we were in England for three years. Um, and I think... You know, that was super awesome because we didn't know anything about any of that. And so we were experiencing it together. Um, Did, just, that sounds like a honeymoon to me, but I, I, I mean, it sounds super fun. Like, yeah, it was. Okay, um, it was. I, you know, I found out a lot of the people we knew and hung out with, they didn't take the same approach that we did, but we just took every opportunity and, you know, we traveled a lot. I think we went to like 15 different countries in three years, um, just did everything we could do, mm-hmm. you know? So that was, you know, that was huge. And I, you know, when I didn't realize it at the time, cause I was like, Oh no, I'm leaving my mom. I'm leaving my dad and all my support. And there were no cell phones and it was a dollar a minute. And I didn't <laughs> I remember that. I was, I we too. were <laughs> airmen first class. We mm-hmm. didn't have extra money for mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. we set every two weeks, I would talk to my parents for 20 minutes and then you would write letters and you wait for that box that they would send every month. So different life. Wow. Very different and, life. Yeah. And where did you live? Did you live on base? Well, I wanted to because I was thinking, oh, this is, be, you know, just live on base. It'll be great. Well, the low guy on the totem pole, there wasn't anything for us. So we had to go looking around. And I'll never forget the first place they took us to. I was like, oh, no. What's number two? Number, <laughs> number two. Oh, no. And then we went to number two, and I was like, okay, let's go to the third. <laughs> and then we go to the third, and I said, okay, take me back to number one. That one's going to be great. Oh, no. <laughs> number one's going to be great. Oh. And it did end up being the best decision. If I would have lived on base, I would have missed out on so much. Because it was just like an old school dormitory that everything was bombed out in the war except for my unit. And then we had like a, a neighbor that was attached. And so it was old. All the spiders in that house were old. I mean, it was just <laughs> old spiders. They were like, why are you moving into our house? Yeah, woman. I'm not kidding. So, but it was super, super interesting because you got to meet all the neighbors and we became really good friends with our housemates, if you will. Yeah. I mean, so much as pulling the cord up top and it would dink. They're like, oh. Are you on your own tonight? <laughs> no, Matt's right here. She's like, oh, hi, Matt. You're right through the house. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Um, okay, well, Karen, how about your story? How and why did you decide to go into the service? So I think that was back in 86. That was. Is that right? so It was 1986. That's not a lot of things uh, so of women were doing then. I was just graduating from college, University of Florida, uh, and um, my young husband was going in and so I said okay he was ROTC so I said well okay I guess I can do that too I I uh, don't have another plan and so I just started applying and I was accepted I talked to all my dad's friends colonel friends that I knew and got them to write letters for me and um, lo and behold I uh, I got accepted and so, so that's how it wasn't, super it wasn't well your dad. Out. I mean, like I was thinking, oh, your dad was in the military. You're, that's why you did it. it seems no, like- I didn't tell him. Oh. I didn't tell him anything, not a word, not that I was contacting his buddies, not none of that uh, until I got my acceptance letter. And then he was really, really surprised. I was working at the Pizza Hut uh, in <laughs> yep. Tennessee waiting to hear, <laughs> you know, I was, I was back home with them for a little while waiting to hear. And then, yeah, and then we packed up and... Um, I went off to officer training school, which was in San Antonio at the time, a 12-week program. And then our first assignment was to the brand-new Space Command in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And so we both went there. And uh, the the deal was um, 24-7 operations. We had a long, long training. And then um, Space Operations is in a really big windowless building. And... um, really important work but you're doing it 24 7 so everything is shift work so and you would you would rotate you would do a week on days then switch to a week on swings and then switch to uh, a week on mids and um, before you know it we had a little baby and we were both on crew with these rotating schedules so we had to make sure we were on opposite schedules so that one of us would be home to to care for the baby uh and you know a, a a lot of people are, are doing that. Wow. And there's a, 
really different experiences in the military, really different. Like some people are on um, missile duty where they go down in a missile silo and their job is to launch nuclear missiles should the occasion arise and they're down there. Um, sometimes there's two of them down there at a time. Sometimes it's a male and a female and that puts stress on families. If the wife is at home and her husband is down in the hole with another woman. And, um, <laughs> yeah, you not know, ideal, but down in the hole. <laughs> uh, there's just all different experiences. And so space operations is 24 seven. Um, uh, there, there's just all kinds of different kinds of things that you're doing in the military. Some of it is combat related where you're actually deployed and you're getting shot at and you're firing back. Some of it is very different. Some of it is intelligent intelligence work where you're actually seeing what's going on in theater and you're aware of it, and it creates its own stresses because then you have to go home at night carrying all of this at home. Anyway, mm. it's stressful on families in different ways. I'm thrilled to hear your first three-year <laughs> story because you did, like, that's just the perfect way to do it, to, to get stationed somewhere really cool like that and to take full advantage of being there and that in that location that that's awesome but we didn't get that we thought we were going to travel but we were in colorado springs <laughs> in a windowless building doing <laughs> yeah, shift work and interestingly enough wow. um, we'll maybe talk about this a little bit later but you never left colorado springs no you, you, which is super unusual for my, military. my entire active duty time that's the headquarters for, for space operations mm-hmm. there are some other locations but all of my jobs were there and i got um you know, progressive jobs right there in Colorado Springs. There's all kinds of space operations going on there. Yeah, so that wasn't my experience as a kid or yours as a or, kid. Or, yeah, and growing up, we were all over the place. Yeah, not not yours either, Tony Witch. So what are some other reasons why, besides deployment, we think about deployment, and that's what you hear um, in the news when you think about sure. military people, mm-hmm. um, why they have to leave home. But what other... Sometimes they're gone for other reasons. A lot of training, temporary duty mm. assignments. Like um, I was talking to Matt, just trying to figure out. He's had seven deployments, which was 25 months, okay. and then 15 TDYs, which was like nine months. And this is all throughout. What's a TDY? Uh, temporary duty assignment. Mm. Like he might go to Vegas for three months because they sent everybody from Vegas to Kuwait. So they have to kind of fill in. But okay. nevertheless, I'm still home by myself. Right. Whether I have kids or not depends on what where I was <laughs> in this 21-year venture. Yeah. So there's lots of reasons why you might be yeah, – training is a big one, I think. Um, our dad went to our duty that I remember – I just remember one when I was probably around five, and my mom's got five kids by herself trying to deal with all of us. And because I was so little, it didn't really register, I guess, to me what she was having to juggle, but – to me, it was just, okay, life, dad, I haven't seen dad in a while. But. She was dealing with three teenagers and two little ones uh, yeah. with him gone for a year on a remote assignment. Yeah, it was tough on her. Not seeing, and, and with no FaceTime and like you said, the phone bills, you know, you just you chat when you can chat and that's it. So really, really hard. That, that to me, I mean, the, my only point of empathy with this is just David's work travel, which was never more than a week. And I mean, after a week... Yeah, I would get a little bit irritable when he would come <laughs> back. I'm like, I got this. I've been doing this by myself. You don't know yeah. what you're doing. You know, that would put such a strain. It just took like a day to get back in, but that would be so hard. The first <laughs> two days were like the honeymoon phase. I mean, just like it was yes. great. And and the thing is, there's something about that, though, that the excitement that when you get to see him again, you don't, you can't buy that. I mean, if you're not away, <laughs> you can't get that. So, I mean, we get that all the time, which mm-hmm. is great. But then it's like, then they start having needs and stuff. And it's okay, you're just another person that <laughs> is pulling from me. So let me tell you what I need you to do. You know? So there's a lot of getting back, getting back on track. Yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, we used to, I would be gone for two or three weeks and I would come back and we would have a nice reunion, like you say. And then I would have to go in and rearrange the entire refrigerator again because he didn't like to put things in the doors, you know, so I'm pulling all the things out <laughs> and rearranging things the way they're supposed to be. <laughs> and he's time. been operating just fine, thank you very much, uh-huh. without uh-huh. things uh-huh. in the doors. Uh-huh. So I bet that was a little bit of a yeah. Yeah. sticky, could be. Mm-hmm. So we've talked a little bit about the moving around and I think military families are known for moving around a lot. In our particular family, we were in... Florida, Texas, Virginia, South Carolina, Japan, Florida again, 
and on and off base housing, just depending on where you were at. Uh, once we were in, which I don't remember, Quonset huts in Japan. We were, yes. Which were like a... Um, Me- metal, uh, like a... Semi-circle. A rounded, uh, a rounded roof, metal Quonset hut. Yes. With rats in the walls. That's what I remember. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And they say that a military family, on ge- in general, moves an average of 10 times. And... You move when you got to move. So it's not like, oh, okay, now the school year has ended. Now it's right. time for you to move. No, sometimes it's just mid-January and it's time for you to move. Pack up all your children and you'll be going here next. So the uh, transitions can be pretty disruptive, I think. Um, and you think that 80% of military kids go to public schools. They're not necessarily on these uh, Department of Defense bases on overseas assignments. They can also go to international schools. Um, so this is also, I found it gets kind of tricky when you're trying to answer those stupid computer security questions, you know, where like, what street did you live on when you grew up? Well, I had 10 of them. Which one do you want me to remember? Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. know. So Tony, you guys moved a lot or at least quite a bit, right? We had five duty stations. So, um, first one, we didn't have kids. The second one, we started to have kids um, didn't really have any school type stuff, um, until we got into the third and it wasn't even, that wasn't even that much. So the, the last one in Virginia to move here in Tennessee, that was like the biggest move, mm-hmm. um, as far as Aaron and, uh, Sam were in school old enough to kind of know what's going on. Like you said, Matt has to be here this date. The market was going terrible. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's right. That was right. It was that. like four um, I had like four offers and they all fell through. Then I got laryngitis, couldn't even talk. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm just trying to get here, and, you know, before school starts, mm-hmm. um, which we were able to finally do that. But I mean, I didn't even pick out my house. I was just like, just, just get one, just pick me one. Wow. So I didn't even get to pick out my house. He, he just did and <laughs> sent three pictures. And I said, yep, do it. <laughs> I was so over it. I mean, I... <laughs> I hear that that happens a lot. Yes. Your timing is just so scrunched into this little window. So your situation, Karen, was pretty unique because you stayed in Colorado. You didn't move. You stayed in one same house, too. We, uh, uh, a couple of different houses I lived in, maybe four different houses in Colorado Springs as situations changed. Um, And uh, I, I went reserve after nine years active duty because my husband got out after eight years, and he went to work for a contractor. And so keep the family together, I left active duty and became a reservist and kept serving. And as our kids were really young, it was great because I didn't do a whole lot of extra time. I just did, you know, one weekend a month and a couple of weeks here and there. And um, But as they got older, I got more and more and more responsibility. It was just... Um, a great way to continue to serve, but also to be able to be home with my family and mm-hmm. with my kids. It was really good, but we stayed there in Colorado Springs. I was the one, as my assignment locations changed, I was the one that just traveled there. I would just go and and be gone, and then Tim would be left at home to deal with everything. He learned how to do little girls' hair, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> how to get them ready for school. I mean, he had to learn, you know, all of that. And uh, we were uh, partners, you know, 100% of the way. We had to be partners on all of that. How long would you be gone, like, for example? Oh, it varied. I could be gone for a few days to a week to three weeks, um, a couple of months sometimes. Um, it, it would vary. And often, so, like, every month by the time I was finished, Every month I was gone, at least two weeks out of the month. Ooh. Hmm. That, yeah, you really do have to be partners if you're going to do that and make it work. Yeah, yep. and your kids have to be a part of that plan as well. They have to understand and they have to pitch in and uh, be cooperative, maybe more so than they want to be. Yeah. So, what did, so, okay, so what does that look like? Family meeting, circle up? How old were they? I mean, what, like... Because not, uh, you know, very few moms listening are probably military, but lots probably have spouses who travel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I know when I went to work, when my kids were in high school and we were homeschooling. And so David and I sat down and we're like, circle up family meeting. We got to redistribute all of the duties because things have changed. Um, 
What about you? What did that look like? Uh, absolutely. Um, well, some things just don't, don't get done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and you and you have you have to be happy with that. You know, you have to um, adjust your expectations about what your house looks like, or you know how, how much uh, socializing that you do. I mean, a lot of things fall off the table when things get really busy. Um, and we learned, and the kids learned really early on that you don't have to celebrate a birthday on that day. It could be a week or two later but we're gonna celebrate your birthday yeah or even christmas or other holidays we don't have to do it on that day um but we will we will celebrate and mm. we'll be together as a family on some day and we'll plan that together so that we that's important we make sure we don't miss anything in that sense right yeah that makes for becoming a great in-law yeah, it does. Because yeah, you're, flexible you're already, already flexible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so good. <laughs> that's right. Um, well, Tony, I talked to your daughter, your oldest, Sam, about her experience because of your three girls. She's the oldest and has the most, I don't know, recent, uh, clear memories, I guess, of the whole thing before he retired. Would you like to hear the recording of all the things she said? Just kidding. We didn't record <laughs> it. <laughs> she, 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 like, she looked at oh, me. No. <laughs> no, no, not really. Our talent. <laughs> From a kid's perspective, especially when they're younger, um, as long as mom and dad are good, the moving and all that kind of different stuff, I think just becomes, well, it was for me, just something we do. It's just the way our family operates. It's normal for us. And she said, like a lot of military brats, that she thought it made her make friends easier. She said, I was repeatedly put in situations where you have to go into new and different social situations. And she felt like because of that, she was pretty adaptive and learned to be okay with change. Um... But I think about it from a parent's point of view. I agree with her. I don't know about you, Karen. When when we were little, I felt that way. Oh, absolutely. Moving. Not only that, you uh, you learned to. Even though we were kind of shy and introverted, um, we had to learn to make friends pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think it made us closer as siblings because you go to a new place and your playmates are your siblings. Mm-hmm. And I think it it made us really close. I love that. Yeah. That's beautiful. Your family's your people. Mm-hmm. She would say that too. She mm-hmm. she said her sisters are her people, her okay. siblings that she, you know, were non-negotiable. Um, but from a parent's point of view, all that paperwork. Think if you're not military, all the paperwork that you have to do at the beginning of a year to start a new school and to get your school supplies and all that. Okay, multiply that by the number of kids you have and the number of times that you've moved. How many times you have to find new doctors and dentists every couple of years? You're redoing that whole process. Um, it's just a lot of extra juggling and management from the parents' perspective. How, is that what you felt like? You know, I wasn't completely overwhelmed with that, but um, that's kind of my thing to, to research and, and plan. So it was kind of right in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel that so much because um, our we had like three years was our shortest. So we've had some time at mm-hmm. each place. Um I think my biggest thing was whether you were on base and base housing or you bought a house and you're in a neighborhood, those are all the things that really made a difference. You know, one of my favorite places was Wright Pat because we all lived on the same street, you know, as our, you know, my friends that I still travel with to this day, you know, our kids were the same age. They would watch our kids while we would go shopping and just, it was just like a community. Mm -hmm. And then another base, I lived in a house and I just had like a neighbor across the street, but nobody was military. Like I didn't have a military friend at other bases. So it's just, um, that's how I can separate my different assignments, you know, based on the choices that we made there, living on base, buying a house. Yeah. The type of community, the people we surrounded ourselves. So that, for people who don't know, what is base housing? What does that look like? Oh, it varies. <laughs> it yeah. varies, but they're uh, pretty basic usually. And it depends on your rank because yes. the very nicest houses go to the highest ranking. Um, uh, but they're... Like cookie cutter kind well, of? Kind yes. of cookie cutter. Um, and you have to maintain your lawn. So, I mean, everything on a base is neat and tidy and clean. Um, and safe, I would say living on base, oh, you could feel yeah. like your kids oh, yeah. could just go anywhere because you, you feel really safe. Mm-hmm. I mean, we used to living on base, um, we could go all over the whole base and our parents would feel fine about it. Yeah. In Ohio, I lived in, I had three kids and I lived in 1100 square feet, you know, and 
That's we'd not love very it. big. No, <laughs> no, but community—the sense the, yeah, of community because everyone has a shared experience, and you do watch each other's kids, and that's one of the things I love the best about military communities, even in the reserve, because people um, take care of one another. They just do. It's just part of being a community, and um, watch each other's kids. If someone's deployed. Someone will come and take care of the lawn for you usually. Someone will just be there to support you. The spouses have uh, organized now, and so there's really great spouse organizations that take care of other spouses and make sure that families are doing okay. It sounds very 1950s to me. I know, and I'm thinking of all the episodes we've done where we're saying, find your people, mm. build a community. You have to be intentional. This that this sounds like an amazing Like it's a ready-made yeah to just slide right into you know those people get it you immediately know those people mm-hmm. you know have the same experiences and fears and all the things mm-hmm. that you have so it's it seems a lot easier to, to actually. a degree to a degree but also remember that people in the military come from everywhere all different kinds of situations all different kinds of places so it's very different people um, coming together with with kind of a shared experience, which I think makes it a richer experience because you're meeting all kinds of people. Yeah, and our first assignment was in England, so all of our holidays, all of our birthdays, we were spending with friends that we call family. Now, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just that we didn't have a choice. You got to learn about Boxing Day and all those weird all those holidays things. that we yeah. don't even know what they mean. <laughs> and you got to enjoy British food. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was. Um, one of the things that we were talking about is that it's not just that it's a diverse community that you get to enjoy, that it really does influence your children and that, and they have perhaps a much more broad experience of different kinds of people than the average kid just growing up in a neighborhood with parents here. As a matter of fact, it was exceptionally not racist in any way. Everyone in my growing up experience was the same. There was not like one iota of that. I grew up in, well, gosh, 60s and 70s mm-hmm. um, in military community. We experienced none of that. Which if you look at the history of America at large in those decades, that's not the case. And I'm not saying it wasn't there, but I'm just saying in my yeah. grown up experience, yeah. none of it. So Tony, in your case, Matt was deployed several times and a lot of times he went to places that he couldn't tell you about. Right. Um, you were seeing him off at the airport, knowing that he could possibly be in some pretty bad situations. And I remember meeting you when you first moved here, um, when your oldest daughter, who was my daughter's best friend, was about in seventh grade. And at that time, he was going to Afghanistan. And you have a story about that one in particular. How did that go? Yeah, well, <laughs> okay, so, you know, back up with some of the other deployments, your your whole the whole unit would go. So like Karen said, you have these spousal support and you have all this unit support when your husband's gone. They'll tell you where they're at, what they're doing, what they're all okay. You get stuff, you know, you get information. Where this last time uh, we were here at Arnold Air Force Base and um, they just kind of plucked him out because he has a finance background and they needed someone to... Uh, help teach the Afghan folks how to manage money and pay their people. Mm-hmm. So that's where Matt came in. And so that was a seven month away from home. And he traveled all around the country, the whole area. Some bases, there were some places he'd stay, there'd be nobody there, but the the tough guys. <laughs> so um, he, he was gone for seven months. And, you know, we had been here probably seven months and so I got my church and I knew my neighbor and I, you know, I was stay at home mom until I was, I was going back to work when Jesse, uh, started kindergarten and I had my getting ready for my third interview at special kids where I currently work. And then Matt tells me that night, well, sit down. I got to tell you something. He says, I'm, I just got orders. So I'm going to Afghanistan and I'm like, oh. So now I can't work. You know, now what, what am I doing? I can't start a job now. I haven't worked in 10 years and I have three kids on my own. And so I kind of went in and told everybody at that at my job. And they were like, well, sounds like not only do we need you, you need us. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. <laughs> so then I started working. And, and it was a good thing that I had them to lean on because 
oh my gosh, you know, he would travel. And that one, at one point we couldn't communicate for a month and he would tell me I'm going somewhere and I don't know what, where it's going to be and what, you know, and I'm not hearing from one military person Mm -hmm. this whole seven months. I got no emails from any sponsor, any group, any unit. He was just like plucked out. So Mm. I didn't have any of that. I just kind of had to wait on him. And, and then kids got head lice, you know, (laughs) all three of them, all three girls, all three of them. You know, we were in a play at Patterson park, two of them. I mean, it was, I don't know why I ran my kid three nights a week. We were out there, you know, I'm like, it was just, there was just so much going on. You know, so it it was very stressful. Um, so you met me at my worst moment, Bonnie. <laughs> you said you said that was your lowest. Oh yeah, that was all the hardest. Of the military yes. thing was that yes. period of time, and then and rightly so because when he told me the things that happened, he didn't tell me anything while he was gone because he knows me. But when he got back, he you know shared things that happened. I mean, because I, I remember he called me like two days after he left, which he said, you won't hear from me for a while. He called me two days, and it was a very brief. He just wanted to talk. Well, he. They were actually at the Indian embassy when it got bombed. Mm-hmm. So he got thrown across the courtyard and, you know, very yeah. serious moment. Mm-hmm. So he just wanted to call me and need to check in just and speak real life. To me. Yeah. yeah, for real. So that those are the things that were going on during that. And, you know, that what, was by what do you tell your girls? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Because they, uh, during the time, no, same reason why Matt didn't tell me. It's just you're already worried. You can't do anything about the facts, and uh, thank goodness my everybody was self-absorbed and nobody was asking questions because I didn't have to lie or. <laughs> You're at Patterson Park three nights a week. You're right, be busy. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's self-absorbed. <laughs> yes. Well, Sam's perspective of that time, she said she was in seventh grade. Now this is like straight middle school time, which you already feeling different in all the different ways, whatever. And there's not a lot of military around here. We're not living on a military base, no. and, and I don't know a lot of military folks. Um, but she said, by that time, you know what war is. She knows where Afghanistan is on a map. She knows kind of what her dad's walking into. And she said she was going to the airport with them, you know, sad and scared, knew what was coming. And he would send home these, like, American flag stationary cards, whatever, that they would give him, like a yep. <laughs> requisition thing um, to communicate. But she said her perspective was that you were so on top of everything that – she didn't even notice what kind of upheaval it must have been for you. Um, well, that's sweet. And that one thing she appreciated was when people gave her space because so many people, they want you to be proud of your military parent or, you know, spouse or whatever, and, which you are. She's like, I totally was. But you're not always needing other, everybody else to be focused on it and constantly reminding you of it when she's trying to just grapple with the fact that I don't know where my dad is right now. Right. Like, stop talking to me about it. So right. she appreciated the space when people were like, you know, how you doing? Just give you a hug. I don't have to ask about where your dad is. Just want you to know I'm here. So yeah. I thought that was pretty wise for a seventh grader to be able to articulate. Well, and from birth to seventh grade, you know, she had a bunch of different scenarios. At one point, Matt came home. I was pregnant with Aaron. I have Sam on my hip, and she, we're like, there's your daddy. And she's like, hi. Yeah, didn't know him. Oh. No, and I had to go to the bathroom. You know, I'm like, here, you stay with daddy. And, he, you know, he told me as soon as I got back, the first thing she said, where'd my mommy go? Where'd my mommy go? <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, that's heart-wrenching for him to yeah. be like, oh. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm your dad. Yeah. 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 From his perspective, super mm-hmm. hard. Yeah, she she said she remembered that too from stories that she was yes. told about. And then it didn't take long. She wouldn't leave his side. He couldn't go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was chasing him down. Yeah. Well, what about you, Karen? Like, what were your kids' thoughts about your job? Did you did you talk about it, or have you debriefed now that they're older? What were some of the hardships they faced? Yeah. Um, so being in the reserve when the kids were young, I was more like a stay at home mom. And I had uh, neighbors who would take care of the kids on the days that I would go to work. And I had a very flexible schedule. I could work my days, like I could go in for a half a day, um, a couple of days a week, or uh, sometimes it would maybe be longer than that. But I had people in my neighborhood and other military folks that I knew who helped with the kids. Um, But it's, so I don't think they thought really anything of the early years but it was once i started getting jobs with responsibility when i had my first squadron commander job um 
that's when I was absent a lot more. And so, uh, well, if you talk to Tim, my husband, he would have probably have a lot to say about that. Um, but the kids definitely felt the stress of dad having to take care of, of so many more things. And um, they felt the stress of yeah, me having to be gone. And, um, and I think it really came into play. My oldest felt the least of it because by the time I was really gone all the time, she was done with high school and going off to college. My youngest, I think, suffered the most because she noticed middle school years, you know, and, and a lot of high school where I was gone. And, um, and, and she would shut her, even when I came home, she was not really interested in relating with me that much. And she would shut herself in her room. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to warm up that relationship again and again and again when I came home. And was, those years especially. And, and yeah, I was thinking years. those years are hard anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's there's a lot of things that it's just not the same with your dad. You know, it's just not the same. And even those are there's a lot of conflict between teens and moms. It's good conflict and it's necessary conflict and I wasn't there for the conflict. And so I think we didn't we missed out on a lot of that learning to resolve those things together. So we've had to d- work through that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. La- later. I mean, almost like post-retirement, <laughs> we were able to work yeah. through some of that. I yeah. think that's a great, kind of almost a hopeful note there to say that that conflict that happens between moms and their daughters is normal, natural, necessary, um, and that it does, yeah, it's teaching you both coming together and drawing apart and coming together and drawing apart and what that looks like. Um, because there's a lot of moms with teenager girls right now that are probably going, um, I'm losing my mind. But. Can I go be deployed? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what they're saying. Really? But no, that, that's such a wise word that it's never too late. Yeah. You know, you can just, you can do it. You do it. When you can do when it. When you can do it. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, the lie that sometimes creeps in is, as moms is like, oh, I, I've, I, I can't fix that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not, almost that's almost never true that you where you can go and um i mean goodness goodness knows bonnie haven't we gone back to our kids and apologized Uh, only about a thousand (laughs) i know you know you go back and you reflect or or something comes up and you're you're like wow i think i mishandled that and your kid's like yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you think and you just kind of talk it out and um Right. And if yeah, there's I enough mean, love and enough right. desire there, yeah. you can Because you can I feel the same way, Karen. I, I started working when my kids were in high school, and I feel like, oh, I missed several things that if I would, if I had been home, I would have been there for and mm-hmm. um, spent probably a little bit too much time just beating myself up about that instead of going, okay, well, how can we make this better? Mm-hmm. How can we redeem the time? So that's a really good word. Thank so you for bringing look, that up. Yeah, it doesn't have to look the same with each one of your yes. kids, your oldest and your youngest. Yep. So, so it didn't look the same. You're such a That's different okay. parent They're different anyway. People anyway right? and, you're, and you're a different person for crying out loud. Yeah. By the time your youngest comes around <laughs> yeah. versus how you did it with you the first. You are a different yeah. parent. Yeah. Absolutely. And my middle one, we honestly have not talked about it. Mm. Maybe after this, I'll go talk to him. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> How did you feel yeah. about those topics? Yeah, yeah. Were you glad I was gone? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or yeah, or what? You know, your kids probably have a much different relationship with their dad than the average kid because I, I'm guessing most dads are not doing everything Tim. Was the youngest, doing. Uh, my youngest, and he are very, very close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say. Which yeah. is a, okay, Wait, so, so that's how an special is blessing that, that yeah. she wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Yeah. So that's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very neat. So um, you're on a deployment, you're gone for a while, then you come back. And I was talking to Sam, Tony, your oldest. And uh, one of her observations was on that last deployment, um, from the time he left to the time she came back, he, some things yeah. were a little different for her. Not him necessarily, but he leaves his family in one way. And by the time he comes back, she's in middle school. Um, She's liking boys. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't when dad left. And he just left a bunch of GIs that he was with. And he comes back home to a house full of four women. So that's like this huge adjustment for him to put away all his stuff that he's just now he's been you know, shot at and blown up or whatever. And he's got to come home to this group of women. One of them 
who's liking boys for crying out loud? Where, why is she doing that? And how did that go? Yeah. You know, as far as Matt's perspective of that, I think it's mainly Sam's, you know, (laughs) Sam's inner, you know, thoughts about all that. But as far as Matt, he just kind of, he kind of went with the flow. You know, he's, He's kind of better than you would think having three girls and dealing with those changes. Getting used to it. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was funny that she that, mentioned that is. dad. And also from her perspective, when he's not there, I guess they just kind of got loud and, um, oh, yes. you know, got in their kid routine and what you do with oh, sisters. That's a still a thing today <laughs> because they're not all together. And when they get together, it is just like they're all over each other and they're so loud and they're just having so much fun and everybody else just has to get out of the way. Um, and they're, you know, sometimes Matt will just. Yeah. He didn't really know how to space. handle that when yeah. he came back. Like, what is happening? This yeah, is not everybody quiet. They're like, what? <laughs> no, they're just living their best life. <laughs> yeah. So there is still some transition from the kids' perspectives too. All right. So we did talk about marriage a little bit from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I think well, I want to explore that a little bit more mm-hmm. because um, Karen did mention that the divorce rate of military members is higher. When you looked up, Bonnie, it was twice the national average. Um, and then your chances of having your marriage end in divorce are even higher if you're the female member, which you said, Karen. And so there's got to be factors here. Absolutely. I have seen uh, whole units of security forces personnel come back and they are changed from deployment. Deployment is um, very hard on members, especially who are in a combat situation. Mm -hmm. And they see things and experience things. And when they come back home, uh, it's very hard to come down off of the constant uh, adrenaline and the constant rush and to just be normal and your family expects you to come home and just be normal with them well it takes a while for the member to feel like you know to even understand what that normal is and a lot of them don't ask for help and there's a lot of help available out there to help the the guys adjust um a lot of times they won't ask for it so i have seen uh relationships split up over it i've seen suicide unfortunately the suicide rate is out of control and uh yeah it's there's a lot of stresses on those families and my experience running to england for three years and not being able to reach out to my family my friends you know we were stuck together through all of it so when i got mad at him i just left the house and walked around the block and came back and there he was, you know? So <laughs> well. I mean, we just kind of, well, I guess we're going to just get over this. <laughs> so it was, that was a huge foundation because I'm sure I would have ran home to my mom, you know, I'm sure of it. Uh, and I didn't, not a, not a once, you couldn't, you right. couldn't, none of that. We had to deal with it with each other. So I think that helped us go from our, we went from our parents' house to living together and forming our own house, home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as like what, Karen was talking about there. I know when Matt came home from Afghanistan, that was the real one where I could see Matt was a little different, but he was very good at telling me what was going on. Cause like he had a hard time stopping at stop signs. Cause you just go through them. You don't stop cause you're a target. If you stop when you're driving from one place to another. So just constantly looking around and he'd be, he'd tell me, Tony, just move over here. I mean, just like, what, what did I do? And it's all for his own benefit mm-hmm. that he wanted me over here instead of over there because of what he's constantly, constantly looking for snipers and situations that would go bad. So that took, took a, oh, I would say probably a good three months, you know, of just working through that. And then he, you know, yeah, then he got back to normal a little bit. So I imagine, so you've already, you got this big absence to begin with where absence doesn't always make the heart grow fonder, you know, and then you're coming back and then you're not yourself. So all these little fracture lines, you know, unless you're intentionally like prepared for it, set up for it. And I imagine there's spousal support. There are. And um, as a matter of fact, the reserve started having uh, weekends away for the whole family. They would go to a resort and they would invite all the people who came back from deployment with their spouses and their children. And they would have programs and they would make the member talk and just like force them to work things out over the weekend and they would have professionals there and all kinds of resources and they were wonderful they're still doing those and i think they do a lot of good but they are optional Mm -hmm. for members yeah yeah and you know um matt and i talked a a little bit about this um 
this morning, but each deployment's different because it depends on where they're going, what they're doing. Do I have kids? Do I not? And one of them, one of the ones that really gave me the most frustration was I was in England. I think I was in England. Yeah. And he was um, deployed and I, it was to Turkey and it was just a base in Turkey. So it was just like, he was living a life over there. It wasn't anything yeah. that, I, you know, they're going out there, you know, and I'm at home by myself in England. You know, I'm like, why am I here? And you're there. So I'm like, I want to go home. I want to go home. And I, he finally was like, Tony, you are my wife. That is our house. You have a job. Hold down my house. <laughs> and finally, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, right. I got it. I got it. You know? And then I called my sister and had her come stay with me for like a, a month, you know? You go, but that was, was a perfect like, idea. But it was really weird to me that he was gone, kind of living a great life over there, running around. It wasn't just like he's in a tent with some guys. That's not how it was. Yeah. So I was. I need you to suffer was, a little bit, yeah. sir. Well, I hate to say that, but I was like, you're having too good of a time. <laughs> You know, that's, that's how a lot that, of TDYs are. Yeah, yeah. They are. and that's what that was. And then you got to, you know, unpack that when they come back because, you know, there's just a lot, a lot of, of resentment and yeah. stuff about what you got to do that I didn't. And here I am with these three kids, well, or five kids in well, my mom's case, while yeah. you were literally on a Caribbean island. Yeah. Like, what oh. is that? <laughs> oh. you, your ranks and your um, how long you stay in the military is some of that's predetermined, but some of it at some different points, um, decision points, is optional. Right. So um, military is notorious for some of the best retirement plans and, and health care and whatever when you get out. So in addition to renegotiating all these roles at home, I imagine you're having to work out, should you stay in for that promotion or get out? Do we want to stay in and risk getting deployed one more time or do we want to get out? Like, when is it enough? When do we stop this military train um, by revisiting your, well, why? Why are we in this? in the first place how did that play out for the two of you well um once you pass the point of no return is what it felt like you know because you that passing up that 20-year retirement you know is a big deal so you know matt's intentions was just to go in get the gi bill and get out um you know but you know we had a we had a great military career i can say that now on the other side of it through all that um you know, and then now we have, you know, insurance. Like he don't even use his insurance now with his second civilian career. job. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, we have that through the military, and he has a retirement. And um, your girls went to school on GI. Oh stuff. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We got to use his GI bill for for um, my middle child, and so there's just so many benefits. Um, so we really only had that one, you know, past the point of no return. We, we're not giving up now, mm-hmm. so we're going to get to twenty. And, but this, you know, after the Af- Afghanistan, it was right away. You know, we knew it was 20 years, 21. We're, I mean, it's over. We're getting out. Um, so you were both pretty much on the oh, same yeah, page. Oh, yeah, at that point. At yeah. that point, yeah. What about you, Karen? Uh, there was the point after nine years in when I had to make a decision, well, do I want to go reserve? And um, I, I loved serving. I wanted to continue serving. And I thought, well, I could do this part-time. This is perfect. And so uh, that was that was easy, and because Tim was very supportive, because I could be at home almost all the time. Then there was another decision point where I was a lieutenant colonel. I was just coming off of a commander job, and I was going to retire at that point. I had 20 years, and um, I was asked. I was asked, and I kind of felt obligated from a service perspective to continue by doing something else so I kept so I kept going and then it got really out of hand (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, part of my feeling was and I think you know I in talking about it Tim felt the same was that um, there were things I was being asked to do that were important and um, I I felt a sense of obligation to meet those expectations that were put on me. A lot was given to me. I needed to give back. Hmm. For how many years after that point? So you'd already had your 20 and you're in for another 12 after mm-hmm. that? I was in for another 12 years. Yeah, I was years. never here doing the math. I, mm-hmm. I remember the intro. You said 32 years yeah. after that. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it wasn't all rainbows and uh, It was a lot, of stress. a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. A lot of travel. 
mm-hmm. um, uh, some stressful, yeah, but wonderful. I mean, I look back on the most stressful uh, being a wing commander was the most stressful, but the absolute most rewarding thing. I never imagined I would get to do that, and it was amazing, mm-hmm. just amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, we're all very proud of you. I'm going to say that in our family. So knowing what you know now, would you encourage younger people to consider the military as a career move? I would do it t- all the time. Would you tell, would you tell your daughter as a I female? tried with all three. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. How about you, Tony? Would yeah, you say? I mean, I've, we've had a great life. The military has been wonderful for us. So, I mean, I, you know, highly encourage it. I don't know if the benefits are still the same. I don't know if Karen has kept up with that um, to know. They're a little bit different. A little different. bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, a lot of people are trying to get away from certain situations or certain towns. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, a lot of, lot of benefits, a lot of benefits in being in the military. And it's, um, there's so many intangibles, like um, the esprit de corps that comes from working together with a team of people for a, a purpose that's much bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to do it. Mm-hmm. And someone has to do it, and it's important, and you can feel really good about what you're doing that it's that it matters Mm -hmm. and uh, the people that we met along the way just incomparable yeah Mm -hmm. amazing people Mm -hmm. yeah and i think i realized something um this week in thinking about this and i'm always using my do you guys take do you guys have a military discount anywhere i go and i'm all about the sales and the deals so that's all good and well but i really kind of unpack that i just think i'm I'm proud of what we did yeah you know and so i'm kind of yeah because it's over no one Mm. knows and then when i pull out that military card to get my four cents off (laughs) i'm just like you know yeah i think that has a lot to do with it yeah well i love that I love that we give our military at least some little discount somewhere because yeah. freedom's not free. What I'm what I'm taking away from this, you guys both had very different experiences, but you seem so very adaptable. It seems like that's what is is kind of at least an element behind your success. Your your success in you know handling all of the moves that you talked about, Tony, and handling all the different assignments and life changes and things. It's um, it's a really great trait to bring into life, but especially into family life. Mm-hmm. It's just to be adaptable and to rely on each other in ways that and flexible and maybe most families don't. And your that's, kids that's grow that. up with gotta, that trait. You've got to mm-hmm. do that in life so that's many right. times. I love that. In so many ways. It's beautiful. Me too. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for thank being here. Thank you all for sharing. Yeah. It was fun today. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. Awesome. Two of my favorite people. Um, so you can find uh, some of our information on our website at justaskyourmom.com and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And please just take five seconds to rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends and family. Yeah. And send us your topic suggestions to justaskyourmompodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just, just Ask, Ask Your Mom. Mom.